Hi, I'm Maria Theoharis Fellow Sews, and you're listening to a new Sewing Save and Mending episode of Sew Organised Style Podcast. Grab a cuppa and relax. Sew Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome back everyone to Sew Organised Style Podcast. In today's episode with Kate Ward of Zen Stitching, she's going to talk us through a really interesting concept called Project 333. My understanding of Project 333 is quite limited and Kate's done all the research. So I think we're going to have a really good episode with Kate walking us through what Project 333 is all about. Absolutely. And hello, it's wonderful to be back and chatting with you again, Maria. It's good to have you here, Kate. Oh, it's lovely. Project 333, it's uh, something that I'd been aware of for a while, following on from our conversation where I was discussing how many pairs of jeans that I had, and I was totally amazed, a little bit embarrassed that I had so many pairs. I'm like, right, that's it. Time to implement this Project 333. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know what Project 333 is, it's a concept that's been put together by a lady, Courtney Carver. I believe she's Canadian. And a couple of years ago, probably more like 10 or 15 now, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And she was the type of person who lives kind of like a, a, a normal lifestyle, I guess you could say, where there's always something to do. There's always you know, you're rushing from one thing to the next, you know, you're buying things and just kind of living a a normal lifestyle. And she realized through this diagnosis that she wanted to try and fix herself. And one of the contributors was the stress in her life, the stress of work, the stress of daily living, I guess you could say. And so she started on this project I think it was called Be More With Less. That's definitely her web address. And she started realizing that when she mindfully practiced this Be More With Less, she felt better. And this led to her doing a project where she decided to put away all her clothes, all her shoes, everything, pack them all away in a box with the exception of 33 items. And so it meant that she had to be very mindful about what she selected, what she thought she would wear. And then she did this experiment where she saw what it was like to wear these 33 items for three Mm -hmm. months. So to kind of go into some of the nitty gritty of it, it's not everything you entirely own. It's kind of more your day-to-day clothes. Things that it doesn't include are things like what you wear to bed, underwear, at home loungewear and workout clothes so you know kind of those kind of things but just if you remove those from your closet then what you have left you then have to be very selective of in choosing these 33 items so she did this project and she found that she had such beneficial results to her health and her lifestyle and you know this was something that had such a flow-on effect I think she found it affected her budget and finances in a positive way, uh, right through to her eating habits. And so it was really not just related to one part of her life, but it kind of began to encompass uh, her whole lifestyle. I thought, well, 
this sounds like a pretty good idea. It also sounds very daunting. How could you possibly live with 33 items of clothes? I agree with you. <laughs> and I thought, well, being the owner of eight pairs of jeans, I think this is definitely time for me to um, try this out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did. I decided, I think it was October or November of last year. Yeah. For me, that was leading into the, the snowy season, the winter season. And I I thought, well, how am I going to do this? And what is the experience going to be like? I'd already been mindfully shopping leading up to this event in the sense that when I did buy something, I started to have a criteria of clothes that I wanted to buy. So I I wanted them to be made 100% of natural fibres. And I was being quite selective on the clothes that I bought. I wanted them to be well made so that they would last a long time. So this was kind of like the starting point to going down this rabbit hole. So the first things first, I could put away all of my summer clothes. That was the easy part. And then it was kind of putting my clothes into piles so I could figure out how many pairs of jeans and, or trousers I had and how yeah. many tops I had and how many long sleeve jumpers I had and all that kind of stuff. That process took a bit of time trying to figure out what my favorite things were. <laughs> You know, you have a lot of favourites. You get very attached to all these things. I was thinking that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you love fashion and you love clothes, then it's a way of expressing yourself. So it's like, oh, my goodness, you, you really have to get quite ruthless on what you want to keep and what can be put away for three months. So that was the first step, kind of putting them in piles and then selecting what I wanted to keep out of all of those piles and then putting the rest in a box and kind of packaging it up and putting it away. That was kind of the first step through doing it. And then the second step is experiencing what it's like to actually have a minimal wardrobe. And it's really quite interesting because I'm still processing it as we go. And this is, I guess, four months into the project. But my first experience was being able to open up my closet and see everything not only could I see everything but it looked nice like I I because I'd gone to the effort of buying some nice wooden coat hangers so that I could replace the plastic ones and you know start to look after the garments that I had so I really found myself thinking oh I feel like I'm looking at a you know going shopping in an exclusive <laughs> boutique <laughs> it's a couture wardrobe Yes, absolutely. And I was like, yeah, this is really nice. And so, you know, just this kind of looking at a nice, calm wardrobe was a really nice starting point and really, I could really appreciate it. And I then found that one of the, the next things that I really appreciated was it about it was that I kind of, through doing the selection process of my clothes, I'd found that I'd kind of pre-thought out my wardrobe so what that meant was if I was wearing one particular pair of jeans I could wear it with this top or this top or you know it sort of made that mix and match wardrobe make a lot more sense mm -hmm. and because I didn't have so many clothes to choose from I had less choice and whilst that sounds like a negative thing it was actually really quite freeing. I'm like, oh, great. I've got two tops to choose from. So it's either going to be the black one or the gray one. <laughs> and, you know, that, that was the decision. 
That was really interesting because I'd read about how Steve Jobs, you know, he kind of was known for wearing his, he had a, a standard uniform almost. You know, he was known for wearing jeans, a turtleneck sweater and a pair of runners. And that was kind of like his wardrobe or his uniform. And I thought, that's really smart. One of the reasons that he cited doing it was because of this concept of decision fatigue, where on average, they say the, the, on every person on a daily experience, they think something like or make something like 34,000 decisions. And that's crazy. So by the end of the day, you know, like if you think of willpower and if you get home and you're tired and all these things are happening, you, you're quite often going to reach into the fridge for whatever's easiest. Like you, you just want to do whatever's easiest. And so through eliminating some of these decisions in your day, it meant that you had more brain power to focus on the important things in your day that you really did need to make a decision on as opposed to what am I going to wear today or what am I going to have for breakfast? You wouldn't think that that would be the case, would you? Not at all. It's quite fascinating to really experience what a difference it makes. It really is quite liberating to realise that if you pre-plan these things, it's, it's easier in the long run. What's really interesting too is I'm sure, well, I guess these days with COVID, it's rare that you see a lot of people on a daily basis anyway. Mm. But, you know, like if you think about it, how often do you take note of your colleagues' clothing, you know, unless they're wearing something exceptional? It's kind of like you're busy focused on what they have to say or what they're doing or catching up over the weekend, that kind of thing. So it really is less, less prominent than I guess a lot of us think. So that, that was quite, quite interesting. Kate, what was it that you kept in your winter wardrobe? It's a specific season, so that's been a really good way to cull out the rest of your clothing. Mm -hmm. And you've got a really defined winter as opposed to what we have here in Sydney. Do we ever? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so what did oh, you do? What did you keep? It's really interesting because as part of the um, 333 project, Courtney Carver actually gives you a downloadable sheet and you can write on all of your items. And I think this really helps you commit to the project. And it also makes you realise what's important to you or what you've selected as part of these 33 items. And so, of course, I kept jeans Yay. first and foremost yeah exactly uh, although I did have the number so I kept it down to four pairs of jeans I had some turtleneck tops as well what nice tops that kept my neck nice and warm because it's pretty chilly over here at the moment the other thing that I noticed that was really interesting was I kept seven of my hand knitted sweaters and I found that not only do I wear them because I just love knitting so much Mm -hmm. But they're super warm, they're super toasty. So it's a really enjoyable way to experience the Canadian winter. I think if you feel nice and toasty on the inside, then it kind of makes your day flow a lot better. But what was really interesting after putting aside these particular items, then looking at them objectively, I realized a couple of things actually. Some of the clothes that I'd selected thinking they were pretty special and I'd wear them I haven't actually worn yet that's interesting 
Isn't it interesting? Yeah, yeah totally. And it's it's totally fascinating because one is a like a jacket that I've I made and it's out of wool and it's like the hound's tooth, big hound's tooth check. It sounds like a great jacket. Oh, it's totally awesome. It's got <laughs> these big sleeves and you'd love it, I tell you what. And I don't wear it. It's just not practical for my lifestyle and for what I do because I've got because it's got these really big sleeves. Yeah. And because I do a lot of making with things that can get messy, like paints, for example, or I like to do a lot of cooking. So in the kitchen, they just hang and get dirty really easily mm-hmm. or they get caught on doors. So I'll be walking along and the next thing I know, I've been held up by my top. <laughs> Which sounds really funny, but yeah, it made me realize that even though it was a very treasured item because I'd made it myself and I made it with this beautiful wool fabric, it wasn't something that was practical for me or suitable for what I do. And now, and this is, might be something that you and your listeners can help me with, I'm wondering what I should do with it because it's too beautiful. I I don't really want to give it to a secondhand store. Mm -hmm. And I also am concerned that if it did go to a secondhand store, it might not actually end up on the racks. You know how they're so selective these days with choosing things. What can I turn it into? I think we'll have to put a photo of it on the blog post for this podcast. That's a good idea. I'd love to get your feedback on it because I'm trying to think of something special that's not cushion covers because I don't need anything like that. But, you know, if I could turn it into something as a gift or I don't know, just something. All right. So listeners, here's your turn to give us advice and to give Kate advice as to what to do with the jacket that she absolutely loves, but is not practical to wear. And she's discovered it through her own experience with uh, her own Project 333 experience. Yeah, that would be lovely. I'd love to hear any comments that that you have. We'll definitely try and get some of our listeners and our Instagram followers to give you some advice and we can follow that up in a future podcast as well. That's an awesome idea. I'd love that. So we're brainstorming what to do with this amazing jacket after trying Project 333 for the last three months, three to four months, and one of the outcomes that you found. Yeah, it really is. That's one of the realizations that I've come to with this. I have this special item of clothing that I won't wear and I, I would like to repurpose it, but it, it doesn't make sense just to have it in my wardrobe. The other thing I realized was I actually do have a personal style. It might not be considered very stylish. <laughs> it's a style nonetheless. And kind of what that means is I guess I like clothes that are very simple. It doesn't mean that they don't have to have any style, but I like clean lines and I guess things that are relatively fitted so that I can create without being impeded by long flowy sleeves. As much as I love that kind of stuff, it's it's just not me. <laughs> and so with with that in mind, it means that now when I do go shopping or make my own clothes, I can be very mindful about buying things that I like, but I'll also wear rather than being kind of caught up and swept away with the latest fashions which are wonderful but sometimes not all that practical yeah so I I thought that was quite quite an interesting discovery to make and I guess maybe as well that kind of gives me permission 
in a sense to do that if you know what I mean like sometimes you think oh I've got to get the latest this and look you can see what's happening in fashion and love it but now you have a better understanding of what works for you and so then you'll make that commitment to either buy something or make something you know even to the point of do you buy a pattern because it's the latest one out there or do you buy a select number of patterns and they're the only ones that you ever use because you know that they're going to work for you. Yeah, exactly right. And thinking along that focus, it means that you can keep that same style, but you can change up the fabric. So you're not limited just by the pattern, but you can change it up for the season or, you know, every couple of years as one thing wears out, you can replace it. But the same kind of style really works. I remember because mum was a big fan of Audrey Hepburn and she said to me this was as as I was a teenager just discovering fashion and spending all of my hard-earned pocket money on every bit of clothing I could possibly get she's like why don't you have a style like Audrey Hepburn which is simple and elegant and refined and it means that the clothes are kind of like the backdrop and if you wanted to dress it up you use a scarf or some lovely jewelry or, or something like that And I thought that was a really nice way of thinking about clothing too. That way you have like signature items in your wardrobe that you can add and embellish or or not, depending on what what you're planning to do for the day. I'm thinking of it as Audrey Hepburn styling. (laughs) And what was really interesting is we kind of, we watched Breakfast at Tiffany's not too long ago and, you know, they have all the glamorous fashions from, I think it was the 60s. Yes. And one of the great things is she has this beautiful, very elegant black cocktail dress. I'm guessing it's because of the era that the movie was made or whether that was part of the point of the movie. But she wore that same cocktail dress to every event that she went to. She didn't have this changing outfit for every event that she went to. And I really like that kind of philosophy too, where you have one special black dress and that gets worn to all your special outings. It sounds quite ideal. It really does. I used to be um, Audrey Hepburn, eh? Oh, I know. (laughs) You know, having that one dress would fit into the whole Project 333 rules where you've got 33 items. So if you only have that one black dress, then that fits into the rules. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It doesn't have to be season specific either. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean... Most of us generally only have one little black dress anyway, which comes out on special occasions. But why couldn't it be a little black dress that you can wear out to the art gallery, say, for example, and kind of dress it down or that evening you dress it up and you wear it out to a cocktail bar or something like that. That's me being very Audrey Hepburn (laughs) in an ideal life. It's a good goal to aspire to. Oh, I think so. Yeah. As part of your current Project 333, Are you actually making anything at the moment that could fit into the winter capsule? I am. I found, as with the beauty of Instagram, I came across this most delightful knitted top and I had some wool that I really wanted to knit. It was a nice big thick chunky wool from a place called We Are Knitters and they're a fabulous online knitting community and you needed seven millimetre knitting needles. So I've had this burning desire to knit with this wool and 
I wanted a pattern that was relatively straightforward so that I could do television knitting. But at the same time, I wanted it to have a nice bit of style and be interesting to knit. So anyway, I found this beautiful pattern. It's by a designer called Kadri. And it's knitted from the top down. And it's got this really interesting way of creating a seam, I guess you could say, between yeah. the sleeves and the body. The way it's designed, it's got this nice little line. It's quick to knit. It's my knitting gratification, I call it. Okay. So I can knit it up. I started about a week ago. I've almost finished. I can't wait to wear it. But it does fit into my style guidelines, which I like to call it now. So it's got nice sleeves so they're not going to dangle in paint or in food or anything and it's going to be nice and toasty it's got that kind of simple stylish way of being pieced together and an interesting way I guess you could say of piecing the whole garment together so it's you know like there's minimal architecture this is minimal knitting minimal knitting and you can knit it in front of the tv so that's a good thing oh yes Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, being the middle of winter, we do a lot of television watching right now. So out come the knitting needles on a regular basis. And that's good. So it ticks all the boxes then. It does, which is super awesome. So uh, I can't wait to wear it. (laughs) Oh, that's good. I've been knitting for ages, as you know, but this has got a few little techniques of new tricks of doing things. So it's really fun as well, because I always like to learn something new. So I'm learning all these great things at the same time. I think it's going to look gorgeous. Uh, Well, I can't wait to show you. It's been fun. It's been fun doing the project and realising that I can live without most of my clothes. And I guess I should say too, I should preface this as Mm -hmm. having been a textile student, I felt it was my obligation perhaps as a way to describe it of always wearing really interesting clothes and keeping up with the latest fashions. So that was kind of me going through art school and then Mm. living in London, UK for a little while. The standard Saturday outing was to go shopping with friends. So, you know, you're always hitting the high street and you're always buying new clothes. So I've kind of done this big swing from needing to have the latest and the greatest of the fashions and going out and going shopping every weekend to refining my wardrobe. (laughs) And it's good that you've done it for winter. So you've had that practice for this particular season. Mm. So Kate, do you think that you'll progress with spring, (laughs) your spring wardrobe? Uh, Well, the funny thing is with Canada, I think the the thing is we have winter for 10 months of the year and then it's Mm -hmm. summer for the other two. So (laughs) we'll probably stick with this wardrobe for quite some time. But yeah, I am going to keep this philosophy in place. When the weather does finally warm up, I will change out my clothes. And it's going to be really interesting because I've totally forgotten what I have packed away. So it's going to be a bit like Christmas opening up this, <laughs> um, <laughs> opening up my suitcase and finding all the things that I put away. So it's going to be quite exciting. I'm looking forward to it. So it's lovely that you've had a chance to apply the Project 333 rules to your winter wardrobe, which is the most well-used one throughout the year and discovered that you use all of the pieces and there's only one piece that you don't use. (laughs) It's going to be great that, you know, come the spring season, you'll be able to apply it again and maybe find out that you use everything that you've chosen and not have anything that's superfluous or needs to be repurposed. Yeah. 
I'm really looking forward to it because I think being a, an Australian and a summer person, I have a lot more summer clothes. So I think I'm going to find it really challenging to narrow it down to just 33 things. But I'm looking forward to it also at the same time because I just know how freeing it can be to have less clothes to choose from. Mm. But the tricky thing is, and I'm sure your listeners can identify with this, is I love making, and you can probably identify with this too. So yes. there's, there's always something I want to sew or something I want to knit. So it's going to be a real balance or juggling to kind of figure out what I want to keep versus what I want to make and figuring that out. So I'm always going to have to leave space for one or two items so I can make some stuff. Yes. I'm thinking about if I was to do it and I had I have the same issue as you, I want to make things all the time. Do I leave space in my 33 items for new pieces? Or when I make some pieces, do I then replace some of the pieces in the existing 33? Yeah, there's an idea. Because you could probably do that, I would say. Because I mean, there's no hard and fast rules with this. And, and she even says, if you want to bend the rules a little bit, why not? It's not meant to be like some kind of purgatory thing. So you've got to enjoy it as well. So I think if you add something beautiful to your wardrobe that you've made, yeah, swap it out or just kind of see that as a, an addition to the wardrobe that gets reconsidered when you're doing your next 333 if you decide to go down that road. That's great. Thanks, Kate, for running us through what Project 333 is and how it's been working out for you for your current winter season. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's lots of fun. I'd love to hear if other people decide to do it, how they experience it as well, because that's all part of the joy, I guess, is sharing these things. So what we'll do is we'll put a photo of your jacket that you'd like listeners to give you some feedback on, on how to repurpose it, because you never know what they might come up with. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's the power of the community. You get all these great suggestions that you'd never think about otherwise. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure. <laughs> and have a lovely day, listeners. This mending episode of So Organised Style Podcast was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Kate, sound by bensound.com. You can hear more from Kate in future Sewing, Save and Mending podcasts. All of Kate's references are on her website at zenstitching.ca as well as on our website, soorganisedstylepodcast.com. You can subscribe to So Organised Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, Stitcher and anywhere you listen to good podcasts. Post any questions or suggestions on our website at soorganisedstylepodcast.com or on So Organised Style Instagram account or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>